0: Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Here's the question. What will the worship of God look like in the future? Perhaps another way of asking that question is, where is God? Here's the truth, the future will not look like the past. For 400 years, God's people worshiped in a tent. That's right, in a tent. Can you believe that? From the time that God brought his people up out of Egypt until about the mid 10th century, God's people associated the worship of the Lord Almighty with the worship of the tabernacle, something that was a portable tent. That served as God's dwelling place. That's what God's people knew, and I'm sure in some sense it was comfortable. God's people knew where God was, Where is God, he dwells in the tabernacle. But then it all changed. 400 years later, King Solomon and thousands of skilled workers built a magnificent temple. They dedicated it to the Lord and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. This temple was the central point of the religious practice and the spiritual life of God's people. And really, all of life in Israel centered around what took place at that temple. Eventually, this way of life and that manner of worship there, that's what God's people came to know. It was very comfortable. God's people knew where God was. Where is God? He's in the temple. But then that all changed. Some 400 years later, because of Israel's unfaithfulness, Jerusalem was destroyed, including Solomon's temple. God's people, the Israelites, were forcefully taken off into Babylon, and not only was the stone of the temple crushed, but the hearts of God's people were crushed as well. What would the worship of God look like in the future? Where is God? For many people, they didn't know where God was. God's people had to ask themselves, How are we going to remain faithful to our calling as God's people? How are we going to adjust to our new reality? How are we going to reimagine what it means to worship God when the temple, the very epicenter of our religious practice, well, it no longer exists. Well, let's flash back for a moment. Let's flash back to the time when God's temple was first built. At the dedication of the temple, King Solomon offered up this remarkable prayer to God. It's 1 Kings chapter 8. Solomon prayed, But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O Lord, my God. Hear the cry and the prayer of your servant that I am praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, this place of which you said, my name shall be there. On one hand, Solomon praised God because God's promise to his people was, was that his presence would be there. It would be there clearly evident and uniquely contained in the temple. But at the very same time, Solomon recognized that nothing, nothing in all the world could contain God. He said, will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain God. So here's the question. What will worship of God be like in the future? Where is God? Make no mistake about it. In the last few weeks, God's people all over over the world, well, they've had their worlds turned upside down. For right now, coronavirus has changed the way Christians worship. And I'm sad. It's sad, maybe you're sad about it too. Sundays aren't the best day of the week. I love getting together with my faith family on Sunday. I love seeing you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love the fact that we use the living and active word of God to encourage one another. I love that we talk about really important things that really matter in life, like God's forgiveness replacing guilt, God's hope replacing anxiety. I love this. I miss this, already, and I'm sure you do too. But here's the surprising reality. Often God's people, well, we can have our eyes so focused on what it was like in the past, on on what we miss, that we fall into a unique temptation as we move into the future. There's a temptation that God's people stop meeting together just because we don't have our ideal way of worship. I wonder, have we made the places we worship God, the way in which we worship God, the buildings in which we worship God, the time when we worship God, and the people with whom we worship God an idol? I'm asking, are we guilty? Are we guilty of sinning And well, in the way we worship and worshiping the way we worship more than the God we worship? I know I shouldn't, but I worry. I worry that during this time of a coronavirus-caused moment, God's people won't ask. They won't ask important questions like how we're going to remain faithful to our God, how we're going to adjust to our new reality, how we're going to reimagine what it means to worship God when our past way of religious practice, for now, no longer exists. I pray for people who are going to ask, where is God, and not know the answer. Here's the question, where is God? You know the answer, and so did King Solomon. As Solomon continued his prayer at the dedication of the temple, he said this in 1 Kings 8 verse 30. He said, Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel. When they pray toward this place, hear from heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. Solomon knew that he worshipped a God who dwells in heaven, yet cannot be contained. Our God is a God who is not socially distancing himself from you. In fact, he is in no way ever physically distancing himself from his people. God sent his son to be with us so that we would never experience spiritual distancing from God, but we'd experience his forgiveness. In John 2, Jesus says that, I am the temple that will be destroyed and he is the temple that was raised back up in three days and it was all so that we would have life in him, so that we would have forgiveness in him. Where is God? Are you asking? He's here. He's here with us. You know when Jesus died, the, the temple curtain was ripped in half and maybe you already knew that. But do you know Why? We usually assume that the temple curtain was ripped in half as a symbol of the fact that the way to God had been cleared of roadblocks. No more curtain, no more wall keeping us from God. We assume that since Jesus came, he saw, and he conquered, no more. Is it only a Jewish dude, a high priest, who can approach God? But we can approach God. We all can come before God's throne. Now that's true, but that's not exactly why the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. Do you know why it was? (laughs) The curtain was not torn to let us in, but it was torn to let God out. It was torn to let God's gospel of forgiveness out to all people. No longer was the gospel and the love of God contained in the temple, contained in Jerusalem. No, God cannot be contained. God's gospel cannot be contained. His forgiveness cannot be contained. His love cannot be contained. His hope cannot be contained. You want to know where God is? God, through his word and sacrament, is running at his people. He is coming to his people and pressing his grace into the palm of your hands. Through the mere speaking of the word, God is delivering to you a truckload of his love and forgiveness right to your doorstep. Where is God? I don't know. Maybe you're someone who's super comfortable hearing God's word through your pastor's sermon. And you're going to have to adjust, and it's going to be hard to the new reality of hearing God and God's Word as you listen to a pastor's YouTube video. Maybe you're super comfortable with the fact that you get to get together with your friends on a Sunday and encourage one another from the Word of God. And Maybe it's going to be a struggle as you reimagine what those interactions look like and what they're like now online. If that's you, know this, I'm with you. You're not alone. But more than me and your faith family being with you, know this, God is with you. God is with you because God cannot be contained. His gospel cannot be contained, but the gospel always has a container in which it arrives to God's people. God has given us that. He has promised us that. The container just might look a little different, but God is here right now with you and me, amen.